All right, so this great, powerful, glorious, victorious, majestic God is my Father. Look at your notes today, and, and on the, the notes you see the little cartoon, the little boy asking, Mom, was I adopted or made from scratch? Okay. Well, girls, if you know Jesus as your Savior, you are both. Now, get your pens out because I want you to put some scripture verses down by this. This is so important because it establishes who I am in relationship to who God is. Our memory verses for the month of January are all about who God is. But, girls, unless we make that relevant to our lives personally, so what? You see, the whole idea is that this this um, great and powerful and glorious and victorious and majestic God is my Father. And we are made His both um, by being adopted and from scratch. And let me give you those verses. If you've received Jesus as your Savior, you're adopted. Romans 8.15, put that down next to your notes. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Every parent never wants his child to fear. Every parent does everything they can do to take fear out of their child's life. Why? Because God says, you don't need to fear. I'm your father. So you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, what girls? Abba, Father. Galatians 5, uh, 4, 5 is the other verse. Galatians 4, 5. To redeem them that were under the law, that ye might receive the adoption of sons, because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So we are adopted, but we're also made from scratch. Don't you love that? <clears throat> we are his workmanship, Ephesians 2.10. Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. Wow. This has everything to do with what we started on last week about asking the question, is God sovereign in my life? Is God the one in charge of my day-to-day? Well, of course, he should be because by him all things consist. He has all authority, all power. He made all things. He sustains all things. And by him all things consist. Um, And then Genesis 2-7, the Lord formed man from the dust you and i formed by god from the dust so we are not only adopted we are made from scratch tell the lady next to you you're you're made from scratch there's nothing better than that which is made from scratch we all know that all right so in celebrating this new year your father is the one who made this new year. He made it. And in this new year, he remakes you and me new again. That's fabulous. I don't know about you, but I love the fact that I can be new again. Some of you have just experienced the flu for a week. Aren't you feeling good that you're new again? You're so grateful. 
It is our Father who makes all things new. Here's another great reference that I say this every time I experience something old or something broken or something worn out or something used up. Revelation 21.5, simple one-syllable words. Ready? He makes all things new. Five words that need to be in your day every day because every day we run up and we deal with and we get hit in the face with that which is old, that which is worn out, that which is discarded, that which has been cast off, that which is broken. And when you say, Father, I acknowledge you. Remember we talked last week, what do we do in the dark, like the wise men when they lost the star? You acknowledge God. It's our first, it's our first response. Well, my first response is always fleshly. But I overcome that because I have learned, I have learned to respond to God after I roll my eyes. God, forgive me for that. I acknowledge you in this. You make all things new. Bring your newness in this and use me. Renew me. Do you know you and I get to pray every day the prayer of David? What is it about renewal? Renew a right spirit within me. You know, I use that every day because every day I so easily revert to my old ways, the old, well, in this case, it's the old lady, it's the old man. And God says, child, you're to be living new today. So with that in mind, he makes all things new. What else does God do concerning new? Here's just a couple of them. He makes all things new. Lamentations 3.23, his mercies are new Every morning. Did you get up this morning and know that you had a whole pile of new mercies just waiting for you? Well, you needed to. He gives a new song. Psalm 43, a new song he puts in my mouth. And then here's one of the favorites that you all know, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Tell the lady next to you, you're a new creature. Go ahead. Now, it gets even better than that. It goes on to say... Old things are passed away. Behold, everything is become new. I love that. So let's get a little bit of accountability in here with all of these fabulous facts and promises that are mine to take, like grandpa's drawer in his office for the grandchildren. They're free to take what's ever in there. God says, child, I have all this for your life and godliness. Would you please be a partaker of my divine nature? I want you to live new today. Now, just having read what we read concerning the truth, let me ask you this. Did you wake up new this morning? Did you, for instance, did you hokey pokey to the coffee pot? You didn't? Well, you can. You say, Kathy, I was up half the night with sick kids. Well, then you especially need to hokey pokey to the coffee pot. You say, Kathy, you don't understand. I I live in the Saginaw Valley with all of its pollutions. I have sinus headaches every morning. I can barely open my eyes. Well, do you know that when you move, movement breaks up what's clogged up? So waking up with a sinus headache, hokey pokey to the coffee pot. You're going to break it up. Now, we can make excuse after excuse after. You don't know how hokey pokey. I know, and they're not fun. But we don't have to live unto our headache. We can live unto a higher truth. And that is, he says, child, you're new this morning. 
live unto your newness. But what we do and what we need to stop doing is stop making excuses for our daily crappiness. We need to stop making excuses for our lack of praise and lack of thanksgiving. If you got out of bed this morning, you've got it good. Tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Now, let's draw this a little bit further. By the way, ask anybody who can't get out of bed, and they will tell me how good it is that I could get out of bed. And if I have a roof over that bed, I've got it good. And if I've got a coffee pot that I can hokey pokey to, then I've got it good. Now, the reason, the best reason that we have it good is because God is great and powerful and glorious and victorious and majestic, and he is my God. He's my Father. That in itself is the reason we get up and we say, Lord, this is the new day that you have made, and you promise to renew me in it. I claim that as your word for me today. And at that point, it is so easy to hokey-pokey to the coffee pot. It truly is. We've got to stop excusing ourselves, girls. It's, it's just so easy to live unto what is old and broken. Um, I want to read you this story. It puts so much into perspective because we so easily slip back into our normal deadness. I love it. We're going to get into Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. And it's all about, it's all about the contrast of no longer in bondage but set free. No longer dead, but alive. No longer old, but new. I love contrast. And those chapters in Romans are just filled with that parallel where God is striving to convince me, child, you don't need to live old no matter how old you are. And you don't need to live burdened no matter how many cares and burdens you have. I am here. I'm your God. I am great. I am powerful, I am glorious, I am victorious, I am majestic, and I am all those things. Yes, but I am those things for you. Would you please get a hold of that? Let me read you this story. It's, it's a little bit long. Stay with me. If you don't stay with me, I may have to do the hokey pokey. So, okay, here we go. This is entitled, A Glass of Lemonade. And if you are not living unto the newness of life in this new year, in this new month, then I want you to make some lemonade this afternoon and drink it and say, Lord, help me remember this. Help me remember that your mercies are new every morning and shame on me for not claiming them and living in response to them. We have so much. It was 1980. I was 15 years old. We were docked at the harbor in Chuhai, a village just outside of Saigon. Our pounding hearts nearly drowned out the motor. There were 120 of us inside the cabin, our bodies lying on top of each other, 10 dozen people, all with one dream, freedom. Freedom from oppression, freedom from the communistic regime, freedom even if it meant our lives. Capture men, imprisonment in the brutal labor camps never to be seen again. We kept still as the boat slipped out in the middle of the night. Thailand was our destination. It was just hours away, yet it was also an eternity. 
I thought back to when I hugged my family goodbye just a few hours earlier. They could only afford passage for me, their eldest son, and suddenly it hit me. Even if I made it, I might never see them again. Oh, did you kiss your family good morning this morning? Shame on you if you didn't. The tension inside the cabin was thick, our breath clinging to our skin. We were still under fire. Armed soldiers manned the peninsula. It would be an entire day before we were completely beyond detection. We had enough food for two days, a satchel of rice, some milk, two steel canisters of water. We couldn't drink the ocean water because of the salt, and it would dry us out. The dirt and rust inside the canister turned the water orange, but it's all we had. I pretended it tasted like my mother's lemonade. I could not have drank it otherwise. Once beyond detection, we could relax, at least mentally. I'm going to skip some here. Um, Raging winds came with a monstrous storm. It lasted for two days. The stench of our own waste and vomit made breathing unbearable. I climbed on deck to get some air. I felt a small object zoom past my head. Suddenly, a surging wave knocked me right back into the cabin, and I passed out. When I came to, the woman holding me said, I was lucky. That wave rolled behind you and land you in the ocean. I closed my eyes. When I was little, my mother reminded me every night that God never stops watching over us. Maybe that's what he was doing now. Bad as things were during the storm, they were nothing compared to what faced us if we were caught. The storm had barely passed when another disaster set in. The captain had lost his compass in that storm, and maybe that's what nearly hit me two nights before. Not only were we hopelessly off course, we were out of power and out of gas. We were devastated. Our worst fears had come to pass. Only instead of a brutal death at the hands of the government, we would wither away under the merciless sun. We drifted aimlessly for days. Sometimes we'd see a vessel on the horizon, but we could not signal for help. Our food was gone. Our bodies dehydrated. Our clothes stuck to our skin. The ocean was filled with sharks. Many of us jumped overboard, not to swim, but to simply let the water soak through our skin. Though we were resigned to our fate, we knew we were going to die. We tried to comfort one another. My friend Don asked me, if you could have just one thing before you die, what would it be? Well, I didn't want much. If I couldn't have my family, perhaps I could have a reminder of them. I know, a glass of lemonade, I answered. That would be pure heaven. We were sitting on the deck later that night when I noticed a glorious blaze on the horizon. I poked Don in the shoulder and I pointed, Gaia Cajon, Gaia Cajon! We spread the word, and our boat brimmed with hope. We had spotted an oil rig. Some men used wooden planks to steer us closer, but soon gave up because the current was too strong. By morning, we had one choice left, swimming for it. Even that was a long shot. The sharks were all around. The ship was several miles away. Three men volunteered. The first man never returned. Either he drowned or the sharks got him. The second man gave up after an hour because the current kept pulling him back. The third, a fisherman, swam swam diagonally so that eventually the current began pushing him toward the rig. Though he had to stop several times because of leg cramps, he finally reached the oil rig 12 hours later. They picked us up the next morning, our eighth day out of port, port. Our lips were parched and bleeding, our skin bruised, infected, our stomachs swollen. We couldn't eat anything. They made us rice soup. I've never tasted a more delicious meal in my life. We were alive. We'd survived. The ship would take us to a refugee camp in Malaysia. From there, we would eventually be allowed into America. Our dream of freedom was finally at hand. I was naturalized in 1990. 
I studied engineering at Rutgers University, and I've owned my own business since 1991. My family is very proud of me. My mother was right. God is watching. God does care. God never gives us anything we can't handle. I could lose my business tomorrow, and it wouldn't really matter. I'm a survivor, and that in itself makes me a success, and God has a plan. And every time I drink a glass of lemonade, I remember that. Now, dear girls, we who have so much and are so easily sucked into somebody's bad mood or somebody's grumpiness, shame on us. We are children of light. And in the morning when I wake up and I get to the coffee pot, Lord, this is your day. Make me light. Make me like you. Renew me. I didn't sleep 10 minutes last night. It does not matter. You will renew me strength. You've promised me strength for the day. I can't wait to claim it. I can't wait to invade somebody's darkness with your light. Albert Einstein says there's two, way, two ways to live. One, is, one way to live is that nothing is a miracle. The other way to live is as everything is a miracle. And girls, that is the truth. Life is a miracle. And new life is even a double miracle. Not only are we alive because of the miraculous acts of God, but then he made us alive again. Has that gripped your heart? I'm alive, but I'm not just breathing and functioning. My Soul and spirit is saved for eternity. God's going to give me a new body. That in itself ought to make you hokey pokey. We're going to get a new body for all eternity. Life is a miracle. When you and I begin to live in the presence and the awareness of my father, he opens up my eyes to the fact everything is a miracle. This new life, it's an opportunity to glorify God and convince others that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But they'll never know it if we live old. If we live unto our old ways and our old spirit and our old carnality, we will never convince anybody, especially our family, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But when I determine, Father, in this new year, you have promised, you've made this new day. You've promised to renew me in this day. Not, that's not an end in itself. It is for the purpose of persuading, showing your light, your newness, beginning in my home first, and then wherever you send me, my job, my coworkers, the person who's crabby all the time, anywhere, everywhere. This is a subnote. Speak up. You have new life. And if you don't share that new life, your faith is going to feel old very quickly. Your faith is going to get old. You're going to, it's, life is going to be no big deal. Like an entitled 13-year-old who has everything. You know what they are. Sure we do. We were that 13-year-old. And there needs to come a wake-up point, a slap in the face that says, Oh, the fact that I am living and breathing and eating breakfast is wonderful. We took the grandkids to 
uh, Barnes and Noble's Thursday night. I'm making bath bombs. I'm excited. Essential oils in my bath bombs. <laughs> the grandkids love them. Um, so anyways, I was getting, you know, the Epsom salt and the different things, but I wanted, and I'm on my smartphone getting stuff, but I am such a hard copy person, okay? I am such of the, a different generation. I love reading and feeling and smelling a book, okay? <laughs> so, and anyways, then I, I can turn the page down. I know right where to go. Where in my phone, I have to keep on, <laughs> where did I put that thing, you know? So, bath bombs. I'm in Barnes and Nobles. I went to a place where nobody was because nobody's, you know, making soap and bath bombs. And lo and behold, in the corner of Barnes and Nobles, there was a set of windows. I was at the corner of the building, walked around way to the back. There on the floor is a woman probably in her late 20s, Islamic, jeans, sweater, the dress of America, but with headgear. And you know what she's doing, girls? She is bowed down, face to the floor, fanny in the air, prostrate, worshiping her God. Didn't matter who was there or where she was at, she's worshiping. Okay, two things struck me so deeply. Number one was, oh God, I'm so sorry, it's not you. She's worshiping. She's deceived. The second thing made me mad. She doesn't care who sees. She's proud to worship her God that's not even alive. We who've been made new again. Christians don't even pray before they eat. Especially if they're at a restaurant. I waited around, you know. Nobody was there. And I kept pretending like I was looking at books, but I was waiting for her to get done. She got back up, lovely lady. I smiled at her and I said, I just have to tell you, I so appreciate your sincerity, your worship. I said, I want you to know that I love worshiping my God. Jesus has saved me from my sin. I'm on my way to heaven, all because of God's love. And I love to worship. And I want you to know that what you were doing really affected me. I wish you knew my God. And she said, I believe in spirituality. And I said, we are more spirit than anything else. We, we live in the flesh, and that gets all of our attention, but we are more spiritual than anything else. That's what's going to live forever. And I know that because I have Jesus as my Savior. And she smiled at me, and she said, well, thank you for telling me that. And then she went on her way. But I had to speak up. I had to say, because I'm brand new. And every day she lives, she's a day older, and she doesn't have newness. And girls, we who have the truth and the life need to share it as never before, because we live in such a dark, dark world. Everything's a miracle. In your notes, write down the verse, Romans 6, 4. Romans 6, 4. This new life that God promised to give me on this new day, he doesn't just leave me wondering, well, exactly practically in my day, how do I do this new life? 
Aren't you glad? Yeah, because, you know, we can feel like it's just this spiritual platform that only a few people can attain. And I would never attain it, but God spells it out and gives it to me. And this is what he says. Now, I had mentioned Romans before. I would love for you to study in your Bible time these five chapters in Romans. Romans 5 through Romans 10 are fabulous. They are all connected. It all has to do with me living new every day. And it's filled with these contrasts of, Kathy, you're not dead anymore. You're not in bondage anymore. You are alive and free. Now, this is how you live unto your aliveness and unto your freedom. This is how, and God spells it out. And in these chapters, you know, I, I can't help but say you have to go to Romans 12 that we all know because that so details, you know, by my mercies, this is how you can live unto me, separated unto me. But I want you to look at, because we're looking at new, Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in, ready, newness of life. We should walk that way every single day. We get to walk new. Now in Romans 7, 6 is a sister verse. It's a twin. It says, But now we are delivered from the law that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve, ready, in newness of spirit. We should serve in newness of spirit. Now, we're going to get very detailed in exactly what does that mean. And then Paul goes on to say, and not in oldness of the letter. Now, he is always referring to the law versus grace, the law versus grace, because he's been saved out of the law unto grace. I'm not going to talk to you about that. I want you to get this phrase in your head that we should serve in newness of spirit when you and i received christ as our savior his holy spirit indwelt us enabling us to serve one another in newness of spirit i need you to get that phrase in your verbiage and in your head and ask the holy spirit to make it the most important thing of your day father let me serve you in newness of spirit how do we do that okay newness of spirit answer this question we all know what new is. Okay. I, I had uh, turned a, a new year older. That's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? <laughs> it was a new year for me, and it was an older year for me. And I got this card that I just love. And every day, I, well, I think just about every day since I've gotten it, I play it because it makes me feel new. And Clint loves it, and it makes him laugh. It brightens our day, okay? Are you ready? This is how God says, Child, would you please live new? Okay? Yes. And so what this, what this parallels is when I serve the Lord in newness of spirit, it's bringing lightness. It's bringing God's light into a dark room now we all know it doesn't take much light at all to penetrate the darkness does it um newness do i bring a brightness do i bring do i bring a lightness especially especially at home you know what we girls we can go out and we can have a great time because we girls know how to do that it's so easy to have fun with girls i'm not talking about that because that's easy I'm talking about where it's the most important. Do I bring brightness 
lightness by serving in newness of spirit in my home? Do I allow their crabbiness, their oldness, to change my cheerfulness? Ah, there's the test. There's the test. Am I sucked into their dreariness? Or do I stay in newness of spirit? God, you've made me new. I'm to infect them. They are not to infect me. It's my wonderful privilege and opportunity to be a child of light. I get I get to be light. God says, quit responding to their old nature and live your new nature. How do we get to serve each other, girls? In newness of spirit. But in a heartbeat, we go to our old ways. They affect us. And that should not be. Um, You moms know all about dealing with carnality, with the flesh, with immaturity. Because that's what we are when we're immaturity. We are just all about ourselves. That's what immaturity is. And you moms know the daily battle of changing their mind. I, I, love, watching, I love watching Trina with Caleb and his moods, okay? It is so easy. When, be not weary and well-doing, dear moms. I pray this into my daughter's lives every day. Don't be weary and well-doing. It is worth it. And God will renew you as you live in obedience to, I am not going to become darkness. I'm going to stay light in this dark room that this child has put me in. Okay. So living in newness of spirit is everything from giving them a song. Okay. A crabby child. The itsy bitsy spider climbed up the water spout. Down came the rain. A song literally changes a mood. Be that mom who will sing that song to that child. Now, obviously, if they stay stuck in there, you go to the next level of persuasion. But there's so many wonderful ways to live in newness of spirit. They don't need to say, go to your room. Okay, I have just slipped back into my old carnal ways of I'm mom, I'm bigger, I'm dominant, I can do it. That convinces them of nothing but the fact that someday they're going to be bigger and they're going to get out of here and they'll yada, yada, yada. What we have this wonderful opportunity of show them the better way, show them the right way, show them the light way, show show them the way that's going to bring life into their life, not more darkness. Um, Use songs, use songs. To this day, when I start singing this song, this, I'll show you what Clint says. The devil wants everybody grumpy. What a wonderful way to correct grumpiness. And, you know, even when I sing that today, he's 33, you know, he'll say to me, no, 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 Mom, no, Mom, I'm not grumpy. You know, <laughs> because he was corrected. So many, so many times you can catch it at a first level with a song. With a song, music is a wonderful tool to be used in your home for God's glory to bring light in. Do you know Wednesday night? Oh, I just, I wish we had so much more time. Wednesday night, I bring the girls home with me on Wednesdays because it's our little girls' clutch time. We only have a couple hours before we turn around and come back for so many. But when I drove back Wednesday night, Sherman, honestly, I was so tired and I ached so bad. I just thought, I don't know if I can get out of the car. That's how, it's rare, but that's every once in a while, you know, just over. 
Well, on the way there to church, it's dark, it's gloomy, it's foggy. We're going to have that switch in weather. And the girls are in the back seat. And, okay, I've done due diligence. You know, Grandma's, Grandma's had a fun time. And, and I got in the car, and I was just, whew. I said, Lord, give me strength. Make me new for a few more hours. And I just was quietly praying. And then I started, I love him better every D-A-Y. I love him better every D. And all of a sudden, two little voices pipe up. Close by is S-I-D-E. I will a B-I-D-E. I love. We sang all the way in. And by the, the short 10 minutes, was so renewed. When we live in obedience to what God tells us to do, rather than living in reference to my own personal darkness, my own personal fogginess, my own personal oldness, don't live unto it. God has promised that I'm new, that I'm brand new, and that he will renew me. Use music. Use reminders. Use reminders. Say to that child, say thank you. Say, thank you, Mommy, that you're not going to let me stay crabby. Thank you. Thank you. And you'll get a laugh. You'll get a laugh out of it. Um, teachers have such a fabulous format for this bringing light into darkness. They've got all these students. They've got all these hours, and they're teaching everything. I don't care what is being taught. It is an opportunity to bring light into darkness, and we do it with our words first and our tone and our demand. I've got to end with this beautiful, beautiful story, and of course we didn't get through half of this, but we'll catch up on it, Lord willing, next week. Your words are meant to bring light. God's word does. God's word. Thy word is what, girls? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you've got this light for a reason. What do you suppose that reason is, Shannon? It's to give it to others. With our words, Marianne Bird was born with multiple birth defects. She suffered not only from her physical impairments, but also with the emotional trauma of being different from others. I knew growing up I was different, and I hated it. I was born with a cleft palate, and when I started school, my classmates made it very clear to me how I looked to others. A little girl with a misshapen lip, crooked nose, lopsided teeth, and garbled speech. When schoolmates asked, what happened to your lip, I'd tell them I'd fallen and cut it on a piece of glass. Somehow it seemed more acceptable to have suffered an accident than to have been born different. I was convinced that no one outside my family could love me. There was, however, a teacher. A teacher. I love watching Caleb when he sees Miss Cammie. He loves her. I mean, he just, you know, it's just beautiful. It's the opportunity and the, of influence. So a teacher in the second grade whom we all adored, Mrs. Leonard by name, she was short, round, happy, a sparkling lady. That's who we should all be. That's not necessarily the short and the round. I'm saying the sparkling. <laughs> the sparkling. Nothing wrong with the short and the round. The sparkling. Sparkling is light. Sparkling is lightness, Okay. Annually, we had a hearing test. Mrs. Leonard gave the test to everyone in the class, and finally it was my turn. I knew from past years as we stood against the door and covered one ear, the teacher sitting at the desk would whisper something, and we would have to repeat it back. She'd whisper things like, the sky is blue, or do you have new shoes? I waited there for the words that God must have put into her mouth because those seven words changed my life. 
Mrs. Leonard said in her whisper, I wish you were my little girl. Loved. Every day, child, God whispers to us, I love that you are my little girl. I promise to renew you this day. Make it a point in this new year. Make it your prayer to make me the priority today. Promise me, child, the best thing in your day is if you will live renewed in the spirit. Serving others in newness of spirit. I'll teach you. I'll show you how. I'll remind you. But make that effort. You and I get to do that this afternoon in so many ways. Does your husband know that you are madly in love with him? Or does he just know you as mad? Okay? Yeah. You say, as mad. We've been married 46 years. And he knows I'm madly in love with him. You know how? None of your business, but he knows that. <laughs> Make it your business. So many ways to serve in newness of spirit. All right. Live new, girls. Take those, that renewed strength and run to your pew.